Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello and welcome. Today on the show, we've got my good friend and business partner, Ruben Dominguez. He's the principal and founder of Totem Capital Group. He's also the co-founder, along with myself, of ApartmentEducators.com. So Ruben's a, a repeat guest, but we had a great time and talked a lot about one of their recent multifamily acquisitions. This is a 100-plus unit uh, project that they bought. So we talk about how they structured that, put it together. We talk a little bit about what's going on with Apartment Educators, but uh, in general, great chance to connect with Ruben talk about this deal. You know, this is a recent real life deal that the, that they closed their future plans for the company. So great. It was a great conversation. I think you're going to enjoy it. Um, speaking of apartment educators, if you are looking to get in to doing these type of deals on an active basis, check out apartmenteducators.com. We've got a free video series that I teach there that you can get uh, to learn more about the business. And you can set up a call with our team as well if you want to take steps in that direction. And then finally, before we jump in, if you want to see our company, DJE's future projects that we put out, you can get to know us at djetexas.com. We can set up a call. We can send you case studies, all that good stuff at DJE Texas. Okay, without further ado, let's jump into the episode with Ruben Dominguez. Here we go. All right, back in the studio. Ruben, how are you? Good to see you, man. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so, um, you know, we're partners on apartment educators. That's a whole other thing. We could, you know, we talk about that on our apartment educators platform and how our coaching clients are buying crazy amount of deals right now. But really on this one, we want to talk about your, one of your recent deals, a Texas deal, um, hundred plus doors. You guys closed a couple months ago. I actually stopped by it. We were talking before I stopped by that property last week, um, because our management company is running it. But let's talk about that deal, you know, yeah. the, the, how you found it, how you put the team together, um, some of the surprises along the way, you know, ultimately getting it closed, all that fun stuff. Um, and I guess before we get into that, even maybe just kind of a quick background on you for, for you know, folks that haven't haven't met you before. Sure, sure. So um, my name is Ruben Dominguez. I am I've been in San Antonio since about 2003. I worked in the IT space. I was in a, in a corporate job for a long time, did a lot of single family stuff, always looking for a way to get out of that corporate world. I was spending you know, 50, 60 hours a week, lots of stress. The story, I, that's uh -huh. the story. You look at your boss and they're making a little bit more money, a lot more stress, a lot more time. And I was like, I, that's not a plan for me. I need a different plan. I want to spend time with my family. I want to have freedom of time, right? I still want to work, but. Uh, more freedom of my time. So I did the single family thing. And then in about 2017, I started investing in multifamily passively, then actively. And now we're doing our own projects. Um, and so, yeah, I got uh, three kids and a wife. I've been married for 13 years. Awesome. So, a little about me. Awesome. So I got the same exact story. Three kids, 13 years. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, cool. So you made the transition. Obviously there's a lot more of that story about For making sure. the transition out of, out of the, uh, corporate world into entrepreneurship, into buying large multifamily, buying large multifamily. Let's talk about this deal. You know, we're, we're not, uh, we're not raising capital for this deal or anything. It's already closed. So we're not, you know, soliciting here for investments or, or breaking any sec rules, but what, uh, 
how did it get on your radar and, and walk us through kind of the process of building the team and, cl and closing the deal. Got it. So this was put on our radar same way most deals broker, right? Broker yeah. had this deal out. Uh, one of the big brokers here in San Antonio and, uh, we looked at it. It was priced out of range. Sure. Penciling. And we said, no, we're not going to even put an LY on that thing. Uh, and it came out again a few months later. It was still overpriced. It was a little bit lower. I think they were struggling to sell it at the high price because no one was willing to pay that. Yep. We made an offer. We submitted an LOI. It was uh, not not in range. I said, "No, we're gonna we're gonna look at some other LOIs," and um, it ended up not selling again. So about three months after that, the broker called us up and said, "Hey, can you still close at that price?" Your initial offer. Our initial offer. It's not a great look for a seller, right? No, it's, it's not. Like yeah. Yeah. And you know, the broker, we have a pretty good relationship. So he, he told me the story. He's like, Hey, the seller's in a bad spot. They need to sell. And, uh, there was some issues with the property. It had a bad roof. There was a, a lawsuit between the insurance company and the, and the seller. Sure. And so we, uh, we said, Hey, if we can work in the budget to replace that roof, I think we can make it happen. And so they were willing to come down a little bit to our price and we were able to make it happen. So, um, that's how we ended up getting into the deal. Um, and we, gosh, it took us a while to close. We, we signed the contract in June and we didn't close until mid September, oh, late September. Okay. Yeah, so it took quite a while. Yeah. I was just working through all the, the issues of the property and selecting a lender and it was really busy. So the lenders were 60 days out at that point. So it was kind of crazy. Yeah. Kinda crazy to get to the finish line. A lot, a lot of variables there. You know, I'd been looking at that deal for years. Uh, and, and of course in 2021 dollars, I'm like, Oh, I should have bought it in 2018, <laughs> every deal, every deal right? bought all of them, but you know, whatever, we don't have crystal ball, but you know, uh, really great location, some huge units. Um, the, t the, the clay roof, which was kind of wild. You guys ended up totally replacing that, right? Yeah, which, it was, uh, there was it looks a lot good. of good. Yeah. I mean, it came out great. Yeah. The clay roof. Also, I thought looked okay. It's just that, you know, underneath that, and we had some roofers out there looking at it. They're like, that. What's underneath there is the, it's a basically plastic lining and water mm. was, that was eaten away. Water was getting through and a lot of tenants were talking about it. Yeah. And leaks. And every time it rains, they got leaks and it's real hard to repair those. Cause once you take off a section, it's like, okay, now we got to take off this whole roof and redo it. And right. The replacement cost for a clay roof was about 1.3 million on that property. Sure. Shingles was like four to 500,000, somewhere in that range. So yeah, we decided let's go with shingles. It looks more modern. It does. And you've been out there. It, it looks, looks great. better. It looks yeah. Great. Yeah. It, it's the, the clay tiles. Nice. It, you know, kind of had this aesthetic, but you're not going to replace that. No. And I think one of the conversations you and I had on the deal was, Maybe you could band-aid it, but if you sell in three years, exactly, you know what kind of a situation are you in now? Exactly, and so just bite the bullet, replace it all. Yep. Um, and then it's a non-issue. And then from a resident perspective, you're you're just addressing it exactly. immediately. You know, the residents are probably like, "Oh, these guys mean exactly. business." Yep. The office looks amazing. The they've replaced roofs on twenty buildings or whatever it is within like. Two weeks two of months. owning it, yeah. two months of owning it. Well, about a month when we started, yes. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't believe the roofs went that fast. But oh. they, it's it's one of those things like a, yeah, an ounce of prevention, bite the bullet, pay for it, get it all done. And then when you guys get to go to sell at some point, 
it's, it, you can have a really clean asset. Exactly. And I, and I was really looking at, can we get people to renew if there's leaks? Right. Probably not. Then you're going to put another person in there. They're going to be unhappy because, I mean, no one's happy if your roof is leaking. <laughs> got yeah. water coming in your unit. That's not good. Plus, there's like mold issues. And we said, let's not deal with that. We can, we can work this into our budget. We can fix it and provide a better product for our tenants. Yep. Make it easier for the management team to renew leases, right? Because you don't have all these issues going on. So it was a no-brainer. Yeah. And still at the end for uh, no, no issue on the roof. No one's going to even question that. Yeah, you're taking the 800-pound gorilla in the room and just neutralizing it day one, yep. which is a is an approach that I see owners uh, shying away from sometimes. <laughs> you know, a lot of multifamily owners are like run a bare bone, just starve expenses, save every penny, and and then basically watch it like spiral. This go he's going to this death spiral, which is such a common thing on some of these like 70s and 80s vintage assets but i always say that's creates opportunity that's that's great you know um but it costs money to create that kind of experience but over time you know over that first year if you're spending that money you're creating that resident experience uh that that pays off and you're going to see it all over the pnl yep exactly so, yeah. yeah so we thought let's just get it done get yep. it done bite the bullet move on and we don't have to worry about it anymore it's like kind of a non-issue so yep yeah we're excited about it yeah, definitely. So how did you guys set up the, you know, there's, we always say you, if you're going to go do a big deal, big 10 or $20 million deal, you got to figure out your debt. You got to figure out your equity. So how did yep. you guys figure out the debt on this one? Um, we use a broker, right? And, um, and like a, a loan broker, a loan broker. Yeah. yeah. So to go out and find us the best possible, uh, rate and terms. And yeah. Really. That's the way you should do it. Cause they're going to go out there and they're going to tell your story to lenders and they're going to, they're going to negotiate and it. I don't know if it's true, but I feel like it's a good old boys club with lenders. And I know some other sponsors that have gone direct to lenders and their rates aren't as good as when they go through a broker through the, for the same lender, which is kind of strange. Right. Um, and so we, we feel happy to pay loan brokers to go out and do that job for us. And it takes a lot of work off our plate too. For sure. So there's something to be said for controlling the narrative too. You know, you, if you if you kind of launch a deal yourself, launch it to the lending community. Um, if you've got, if you got experience, that that's you know maybe you can navigate that. But if you're talking to this lender and then you're talking to this lender, it 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 it's the narrative gets out of your hands yep. versus having like a a, a unified front. And, and almost somebody, you know, representing you on the narrative, yep. which I think it's important. You know, lenders sure. might say, oh, we saw this deal already. And, you know, it's it's not as exciting or attractive. For Whereas sure. a loan broker is going to put together a really nice package and, re and represent you. You talk about it like an attorney, you know, representing yep. you in court. You don't represent yourself. So um, that's good. That's, you know, that's that's good. That it was a good yep. experience for you guys. We did run into a little hiccup. Of course. I, and you of course. mentioned it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> There's always a hiccup on every deal, right? Yep. Uh, the deal had actually been shopped to lenders already. So they had seen it and they, and apparently that deal didn't close obviously because we're buying it. Yep. And so there was some questions from lenders like what makes your business plan different from the last guys we saw. And so there was a little concern there, but I felt like uh, we had a compelling story like, Hey, we're going to get in there. There's a bunch of units. These are beautiful, large units. I think some of these things are 12 to 1,400 big. square feet. Yeah, they're big. They got views. They got wraparound balconies. 
And there's a market for in that submarket right there in Northwest San Antonio. There's a really good market for higher end units. And like, we can make these nice and rent them out for a lot of money. And we're being very conservative on the rents, obviously. Yep. Um, and so the lender liked that. And they said, okay, that other guys didn't have that story. Mm-hmm. Theirs was the, we're just going to get in there bare bones. Like, like you just talked about and, you know, run it to the bones on expenses. And I think they're a little scared of that. And that's probably why those guys didn't close. Maybe the, the last potential buyers. So right. The lenders like that story. And it's that, that's why it's key to have the loan broker. They tell that story for you and kind of keep, and they know the questions they're going to get asked and they can kind of anticipate the answers that they have to have to those questions. So it's definitely worth it. Yep. Love it. Love it. Yeah. There's always going to be some hiccups, For but sure. this story is, is, uh, is critical. You know, the sponsor and the, and the game plan is, is critical on these projects. Definitely. I, I think they liked we're local property management teams, local, they've done projects here very successfully. Right. And so that was, uh, that was another, you know, check plus for us on that deal. Yeah, love it. So that's the debt portion, right? Yep. You know, you, you you get the loan for for uh, for the project. The equity is the other piece, right? You know, that's yep. investor capital. How did you guys? Uh, how did you guys? You know, find your investors. How did you get it funded? All that fun stuff. Yeah. So same thing. Build a team, right? It's not just me. I didn't go out and raise all the capital for this deal. I raised a lot of it. Sure. But uh, I couldn't raise it all myself. So I brought in it. Uh, we brought somebody on the team that can can help us manage it and also raise a little bit of capital, help us raise that capital. So right. it's me and a couple other people on the project. And together, we're able to go out and take that deal down. So um, right. And really, that that starts early on in the process. I'm not going to just meet. I'm not going to get a deal and then go out and try to find capital. It's like that's a long game. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've been working with our investors for years now. Right. right. Even in the single family days, these are a lot of people we we worked with back then. Right. And now, like, hey, we got a different type of asset class if you want to invest in this. And then obviously, you know, the partnerships that we have, you know, Abel's my partner on that project. Him and I have known each other for a long time and sure. we've built that relationship a long time. And the other partner we had, I mean, I've worked with them for a lot of years. And so these are long-term. I know there's a lot of people out there that they'll get the deal and then they'll go try to find the, the team. And it's like, oh, that's backwards. Build the team and then you guys go out and try to find a deal. Because right. you don't want to be under the gun trying to build your team and raise equity and get the debt and qualify for the debt at the last minute. Like that's, that's a, a way to really put your deal at risk and maybe lose some money. So no doubt build that team first and then go out there and find that deal. Yeah. You have to, you have to build the train tracks first Yep. and the train tracks don't do anything. They don't ship any goods, <laughs> but you got to prepave all that. Then you can put the train on it and run the train down the track. Right. But that, that the train track building uh, in some cases takes, takes years, you know, your investor relationships, your partner relationships, your, your own education, I think is part of the train track building, Yep. you know? Um, but once you've got all that built, now you can go execute. Exactly. exactly. You don't want to be building the plane while you're flying it. Yeah. Not in this business. Not in this business. No, maybe some other ones. Like I've been in some startup technology and that's the philosophy. Like let's, let's build it while we're flying. And it's like, uh, maybe not in this business. Cause you know, you can, you can, First, lose some money, and I think even more importantly, your reputation. If you don't close a deal, that broker is never going to work with you again. That seller is never going to work with you again. And it's a small. How many brokers are there in San Antonio? A oh handful. Gosh, five. So, and they yeah. talk. It's not like they don't talk. And so, you don't want the reputation of the guys that couldn't close a deal. And that's if you're trying to that philosophy, like, oh, I'm going to put the team together, find the deal, and then put the team together. It's like that's not a good philosophy in this business. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's why we kind of have this 
mantra with our coaching clients, with apartment educators, where they're like, should I talk to brokers? And the answer is, well, can you figure out how to get the, the debt and who's going to be your key principal? And can you figure out how to get the equity? And if you can put that capital stack together with your debt and your equity, sure. Yep. If not, don't please don't talk to a broker. Yep. Like it's that is absolutely putting the cart before the horse. You're gonna waste everybody's time. You're gonna make yourself look bad. Uh, you know, figure out how you're gonna get the debt and the equity first. Yeah, and that's also a great conversation with the broker. Cause if you know, okay, we can raise five million dollars. Right. And we have net worth of, you know, 15 million. You kind of know the target range of your property. So when you go to a broker and they ask you, what are you looking for? Oh, we're looking for, you know, a $20 million or less, you know, 100, 100 units to 150 units, whatever that criteria is. Yep. And you're not going to them saying, hey, I want to find a multifamily deal. And they're like, what do you want? And you're like, oh, I don't know. What do you think? Like, that's, you, you should probably know that, have that conversation. You're more confident when you go into that conversation with the broker when you know that already coming in. Hundred percent, yeah, and 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 having a criteria for the broker is really important for them and for you. Yep. You know, you don't. In my opinion, you don't want to be looking unless you have the team to support it. You don't want to be looking at ten markets and built trying to build a hundred relationships. You you want to narrow down your criteria as much as you can, uh, and then and then go execute on that. And that's save everybody going to save everybody a ton of time. Definitely, a ton of time. Definitely. Um, that's awesome. Thank you for some detail on that that deal. Um, that's an exciting project. What's what's next for for your firm? You know, for your private equity company. So we've got some ambitious goals. We want to do you know four deals, and our criteria is easy: Class B and C, San Antonio, South Texas. I'll look at projects in Houston, Austin, but things in Austin don't work out. Sure. Right yeah. Um, but you know, Class B and C, hundred to probably two hundred and fifty units. Yep. And so we know right away when I go to a broker, it's like, this is what we're looking for. So let's say our average deal is 150 units and we go close for those. That means we'll, we'll do probably five to 600 units next year. Love it. That's the, that's the goal. So, yep. And it's a stretch, right? We didn't do that many this year and that's a stretch, but we always want to, I, I, my philosophy is like, Hey, shoot for the stars. And if you hit the moon, awesome. Right. You did great. If you shoot for the moon and you don't hit it, then you know, you've really fallen in. So we're, we're, we're trying to have some ambitious goals for next year. I love it. And, and one of the things I like about having those goals that are very specific around unit count is whether or not you attain it. Well, I think the more important step is, well, now you can reverse engineer the resources you need. Well, how much equity are we going to need for that? Okay. We're going to need X amount of equity. Well, how, what's our average investor at? Well, it's at X. So now we have a pretty simple math problem of how many investors we need to have. Yep. Well, how many conversations do I need to have in order to have an investor in a project? And you can literally reverse engineer down to your, what happened needs to happen on Monday, Yep. you know, and, and, and know that your activity on a daily basis will lead to your goals. And I think that's super important to reverse engineer that same thing with your key principle. You know, I'm going to need to have somebody with X net worth, to go after these projects. I'm going to need to have X amount of earnest money available to write out checks on and figure that piece out. But you can't figure out all those steps until you have a target. Yep. So I think, you know, like, um, what is it? Bruce Lee said, it's, it's less about hitting the target. It's just something to aim at. Yep. And then now you can, now you can build this whole like business process around reverse engineering it. Exactly. Um, which is the simplest concept imaginable, but, I don't see as many people doing it as, as they should. Exactly. I was always the guy. And when I was in the corporate world, I mean, we did goal setting all the time. 
All the time. It was yep. like every year for that year, and then every quarter for the quarter, and then monthly and weekly and daily. And you had daily tests that you would do that get you to your weekly goals, and your weekly goals get you to your monthly, monthly to quarterly. And so when I realized I wasn't doing that for my around my business and my personal life too. It's like, sure. why am I not doing that? I should, if I'm doing it at work, cause they're forcing me. Right. I should be doing that with my personal life and my business too. So yep. totally important. And I know, you know, one of the first things we talk about in apartment educators when somebody joins is goal setting. And I, and I tell people like, it's, it's so important. That's, that's why we put that first. And you know, I, you might not realize that, but it is, especially people that have never done it before. It's kind of like, Whoa, why are we doing this? Right. But you can't have the plan without setting the goal. So yeah, you're totally right on that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I tell people the goal is irrelevant. You want, you tell me you want to own 10,000 units in the next five years. Great. Let's reverse engineer. How many markets? What's your average, you know, price per door? How much equity are you going to need? Like it's going to take a team to do that, but you can reverse engineer it. You know, you tell, you tell me you want to buy a hundred unit complex, uh, as a general partner in the next 18 months. Great. Like it doesn't matter what the goal is, yep. but without picking it and reverse engineering it, you, you don't know if you're succeeding on a daily basis, which exactly. I think is, is it's hard to just go out there and flap your wings and do a bunch of activity <laughs> or it's, it's also dangerous to maybe feel productive because you got your Twitter account up for your company when <laughs> it's like, I don't know, is that one of the things you needed to do to Gets your target, so exactly. A yeah. lot of people will spend their time like, "Oh, let me get my business cards and let me get my website set up," and then you look back three months later and you haven't done anything to get you to your goal, right? Because you don't, ha- if you don't have a goal, you don't know. And that activity, it sounds great, but it's not. It's not one of the daily activities that's going to get you to goal. Like in this business, that's how many investors did I talk to to get me that equity. How many partners that potential partners that I get to. Right. So it's super important. And then also like when you have those goals and you know exactly like it's going to make it way easier for you to find a partner. Cause if I came to you, Hey Devin, do you want to be my KP? I don't have a plan. I don't know how many units I'm going to get. Yeah. You're going to say, dude, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Okay. Hey, we're doing 500 units next year, class B and C in San Antonio. Here's the types of assets we're looking at. Here's how much net worth I need. What do you think? Like that's a more compelling story when you're looking for partners also. So hundred percent. Yeah. People like simplicity and clarity and, exactly. and the, vi- you know, the vision's got to be there, the simpler and clearer and easier it is to explain the better. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. Well, I'm excited about what you guys have in the future, uh, future projects. It's awesome to see, um, what you guys are doing at, at that asset that we're, that you just took over big changes. Um, and I'm excited about apartment educators. Too. I mean, you, you know, you and I have been partners on that for a few years and it's really starting to like get some momentum. I was, we were on a mastermind call last night and like the amount of experience and knowledge of everybody doing deals on that call was like really exciting. Yeah. It's you so know? cool. It's like, I, it, it's taken on a life of its own, yep. its own thing. And I, I get excited because we got on a call, what, a couple of weeks ago and one of our members jumped on he's like, Hey, I'm in a deal. And I was like, Whoa. We didn't even know about that. Right. So that people are doing deals on their own. It used to be when we first started, like we knew everyone, what deal they were in. And it's right. now like people are doing deals together. And this guy's, you know, he's, he's raising capital and he's also a GP on this deal. It's, it's cool stuff. Yeah, it's it's, really it's awesome to see. It. it has taken on a life of its own. Yep. That's great. Um, well, let's wrap it up, man. If somebody wants to learn about Totem Capital, which is your, you know, private equity company that you're buying these deals, how can they connect with you and, and learn about that? 
Um, you can email me. Easiest way is probably email me. Um, it's Ruben at totemcapitalgroup.com. Or you can visit our website. It's totemcapitalgroup.com. Awesome. We'll link to it in the show notes. If you're listening, you can just go in and click straight through and check out Ruben's website and company. Um, thanks for joining, man. It's good catching yeah, up. Yeah, appreciate you having me out, Devin. Okay. Thank you for listening to the DJE Podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.